Hello and welcome back to the Ever So Slightly podcast. My name's Alan. And I'm Amy. This time we're going to be delving into the disturbing case of the Socky Poltergeist. Yep, get your rubber balls in order and your headboards ready to be banged as you listen to this suburban tale that shook an entire community. The year is 1960 and 11-year-old Virginia Campbell's life is about to be turned upside down. The Socky Poltergeist, Amy, is this something you would have heard of before? You would have, or you have? Never. I didn't even know that Scotland, again, I didn't even know that Scotland had a kind of infamous case of a poltergeist. Yeah, I never heard of it. You, hear, you know the big the big hitters, the big, the, the big Enfield, as they call it, the, the Enfield poltergeist <laughs> everyone's kind of heard of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what, others, probably? Oh, loads. Yeah, loads. Too many to even uh, remember at the moment, but... The Scotland, yeah. Scotland poltergeist I'd never heard of. <clears throat> no. Um, you mentioned up top in our introduction there, Virginia Campbell, she was 11 years old. Um, and this all started to take place um, around uh, November the 22nd, 1960. Right. So we're going back a bit. The 60s, the swinging 60s, where there was swinging going on. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was so much swinging. It was swinging. You couldn't walk down the street without someone swinging in here. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. What are we talking here? Let's set the scene. What? The Beatles? Vietnam? Assassinations? These are all big things for the 60s. All the stereotypes that you um, see in these clips. Yeah. Like a rundown of what happened in the sixties, that would that would probably cover it. Yeah, someone putting a flower in uh, the barrel of a gun. Benny oh. skirts, a a Volkswagen mm-hmm. Beetle that's painted a hideous colour. <laughs> right? Flower power, all that. Yeah, while well, a kink song plays in the background. Mm-hmm. Now, Cults. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's what this episode is all about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. It's about Virginia Campbell. It is and the swinging Virginia. A, and she had quite Virginia had quite a a rough kind of period in her life, didn't she? Where she came from. <laughs> She's about from, to, by the size of it. <laughs> she, you know, she was living in Ireland quite happily. She was, yeah. The, she that's right. She was farm. born in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Both her parents. She had a little dog that she loved and a good friend of hers. And then it just seemed that all at once she kind of lost all of that. Right. Um, she was uprooted um, by her mum and they moved to Saki. So did she, was her whole family moved over? or? No, it was just her and her mum. The dad, um, from the sounds of it, stayed, stayed back working on the farm. Oh, okay. Um, her, her little dog ran away. Her close friend passed away, and then she's found herself in, you know, a bit of an alien environment. Tough. It's tough for a kid, eleven years old. You know, mm. um, you you you're like you said there. You're ripped up <laughs> from the, your home on the grounds, <laughs> and you're tossed across the water to <laughs> a sort of similar, but in a lot of ways very different country to live in. Yeah, um, I think was it the aunt and uncle's house. Uh, they owned the house, right? Yeah, um, uh, but the, uh, this is this is quite interesting because we, the more we kind of look into this, the more people seem to live at that yeah. house. 
<laughs> so I thought to begin with, when we started looking at the case, um, I thought it was Hara. I thought it was uh, Victoria. Victoria? I thought it was Virginia. Um, she's another Sorry, one. Sorry, I called her Veronica earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so Virginia and her mum, I thought, had just moved over into a house, but then it was just like, oh, the aunt and uncles owned the house. <clears throat> um, she was sharing a room with her cousin, Margaret. Margaret! Who, is, I believe, is the daughter of the aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there was someone else. There was the mum's brother. brother. No, was, Virginia's brother? No, it was Virginia's brother, but he was 30. And he, and he had, had kids right. that were also there. And I think his wife was there. Yeah, because we weren't sure at first, but then I think we checked no. and um, she was there, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, big... Busy house. Busy, bloody, brady house there. And like you said, she shared a room with her cousin, Margaret. Mm-hmm. So as you were saying, I think everything was normal mm-hmm. in the house in the living situation until our November 22nd and I think that's when they, f- they first started to hear these banging noises ah, as they were these, lying in bed these things always start off kind of small don't they mm-hmm. tapping or you know scratching sounds that kind of thing Yeah, so, but it was all coming from the bedroom predominantly yeah um, as you'll see from any of the accounts in this, it, the important thing is to realise that Virginia is 100% at the centre of all the activity. Mm-hmm. If there's no Virginia, there's no activity. Absolutely. So whatever's happening, it's definitely centred around her. It's not like the house or whatever, you know? No, it's it's like a personal haunting, if you will. Like you say, like when a spirit attaches themselves to a particular person, doesn't matter where they go... It's the activity seems to follow them as opposed to being attached to like a building or an object. It's the actual person. Yeah. So they heard banging noises. They heard some scratching noises. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, there's, there's, there's... That, that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> and then they all went home. There's one, I can read this out actually. There's one where it's multiple people saw it. Okay, go on. Well, well so we're going to go on to that. Oh, okay. Oh. No, this is in the house. Oh, okay. And it says, when she and her brother and sister-in-law were in the living room, they all saw a sideboard move out five inches from the wall and move back in again. The sideboard was beside Virginia's chair, but she did not move it. So this wasn't in the room. This appears to be downstairs somewhere. Right. I think. Mm. A sideboard. That's not a yeah. headboard, is it? So these things seem to, it seemed to escalate. But again, it was, just, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was Virginia and her cousin that were hearing this stuff, right? Reports of it sounding like a ball hitting a wall, the headboard banging. A headboard banging. Scratching again. A headboard banging. Banging. A headboard banging. Yeah, banging. That would scare anyone. <laughs> and they, these things, it's, it apparently seemed to escalate, right? So, mm-hmm. um, like you say, before the, before the bloody furniture was moving, um, there was reports of it things... It was centred around, like you said, the bedroom... Into the hallway, I think on the stairs again. It was reported. But only the like top two stairs. In. Yeah. Only the top two, closest to the bedroom. No further. No f- fewer. No further. Pretty bizarre stuff, right? Yeah. Again, this is kind of similar to a lot of other cases, you know, that mm-hmm. we would hear. I think about the girls in the Enfield poltergeist 
case. Oh yeah, that was similar. Mm-hmm. They started off small, hearing weird noises, bumps. You know, the, the parents. This sounds really, really similar. Like the parents would mm-hmm. come through and. They would maybe just catch the end of something happening, you know, like the girls being yeah. shoved out of the bed or the, the sheets being moved or the bit the banger would stop or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was just quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty it, sure to begin with as well, they would just have brushed it off and been like, don't be silly, go back to bed, that kind of thing, until they, they've witnessed it themselves. Sure. And here's the thing, right? Like an 11-year-old girl and, and a, their, their cousin of unknown origin and age right it's one I thing she was nine i was going to say nine it. as well <laughs> I'm, not, sure. I'm not 100 percent. that's something we could always double check but i think she was nine no no so that's now quite it's an fact. age difference as well yeah being forced to share a room with someone that you've probably never met before oh that's interesting that's interesting so you're saying that maybe the upheaval and her coming across and she doesn't have her own room and she's missing her dad and she's missing her dog toby mm-hmm. um you know, and her friend as well. She lost her friend. That's right. Not doing so good. Um, you know, so you could go, hey, look, you know, she's going through some emotional stuff, right? Which is fair. It's a lot of negative energy. A lot of negative energy, right? It's gonna have a big effect on her. Um, mm-hmm. As the story goes on, we come to realise that, the, like you said, family members um, and other people, um, adults, which we'll get to, which we'll get to um, witness these. And don't have an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of witnesses in this case as well, yeah. inside and outside the home. Yep. Quite a lot of um, we would call reliable witnesses. Mm-hmm. That came forward and said, no, this, I did see this, that happened. Yeah. People with reputations mm-hmm. who wouldn't like to be, you know, wouldn't want to say that like they were fooled by two young girls. No. And I still think it would be quite hard for an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old to fool a room full of adults. I agree. Hmm. Hmm. The plot thickens. <laughs> so the family started getting a bit worried, didn't they? As you said, things were escalating. Stuff um, going missing and showing up later. Reports of a large wooden chest full of bed linen that would rock and levitate. Hmm. Reported to have moved some 18 inches across the vinyl floor and then returned to its original position. Oh. So that's how, you know, it's an elaborate thing if you were going to fake it. Yeah. Can a can a child move a giant wooden chest? That's what I'm wondering. That's what we're all wondering. Hmm. Um Hmm. So the family's at its wits end. All of their wits yeah. ends. And they think, right, gotta get someone else in here. Gotta get some gotta get another bloody pair of eyes on this. Mm-hmm. Um the first person where, they, where do you often turn? A GP. A jipper. A jipper. <laughs> If there's one thing this case needs, it's a GP's eyes. That was an actual quote from Virginia's mother. <laughs> and they also turned to a minister um, mm-hmm. as well. By the name of Reverend T.W. Lund. Oh! So Dr. Nesbitt, who was a bloody GP, let's see what he said. Like Nesbitt. He lived nearby. Nesbitt or Nesbitt? Uh, it's actually Nesbitt. Oh. I believe it's pronounced. Doctor, Doctor Hatch, whop whop whop, news bit, whop whop. He was one of the most respected people in Saki. <laughs> he was the town fucking clown. <laughs> so this is interesting because at this point, right? At this point, people start talking. It's a village, right? Yes, it's a close knit community. Yeah, 
everyone starts to, you know, the word gets around that there's some strange things happening in Park Crescent. Um, and the family is starting to get a bit worried about this, you know. And, and bear in mind, it is a lot of cases you could argue that there's not a lot of witnesses. Um, just yeah. by going with the amount of people living in that house, there's a huge number of witnesses. It's at least 40. Yeah, it's at least 40 from all angles. And <laughs> the idea was that the, the, the family then says, right, we're going to reach out to somebody. So the local GP was a gentleman uh, called mm. Dr. H.W. Nesbitt, who lived in a nearby village of Tillicultry. Sadly, Dr. Nesbitt couldn't really alleviate the situation other than prescribe some drugs to calm their nerves. Oh, I don't know if that's the okay. family he's prescribing drugs to, or Virginia. <laughs> well, it's the 60s, so it's all of them. Yeah. He's like, here, this will take the edge off, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was Thanks again, Dr. Then. Feelgood. <laughs> mm. That's why he was well respected within the community. Yeah, he was real, well respected in the community because like, he didn't ask a lot of questions, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Again, I'm not sure. I've just seen this, how it's written here in, in a couple of different articles and it just says that he couldn't alleviate the situation other than prescribe some drugs to calm their nerves. There is in like plural. Or there is in like hers. Well, there it just says their nerves. Mm. So I don't know if he's well, talking I, about I'm Virginia assuming... or he's talking about the rest of the family. Or the two little girls, maybe. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's some sort of sedative then. Mm. Seems a bit extreme, doesn't it? I don't know. It's, it just tells you that the situation must have been quite bad. Mm. At this point, it says, on the strength of all the paranormal happenings put, in, put together, they soon realised that their house must be haunted. So, their first protocol was a bloody doctor because they thought some's... Actually, I don't know why they got something wrong. Well, why would they, why do you think they would contact the doctor first? They must have thought she was sick. Yeah, mentally ill or something. So I think to begin with, they reckon she's been acting out. Her behaviour's a bit odd. She's got mm. a mental illness. Yeah, they're questioning. Why else would you phone a doctor in? Exactly. Unless you thought someone was sick in the brain. Mm-hmm. You could do something that way. Yeah. Or get some sort of advice, or have her checked out to see if there was something physiologically wrong with it. So there's obviously come a point where they've thought, or they've witnessed enough stuff that they reckon it's not just her doing it, because yeah. this is the point where they pulled in your old friend and companion, the Reverend T.W. Lund. Because mm-hmm. they thought it was the haunted Lundmeister. then. Lundmeister. Yeah, the Lundmeister General. Um, he attended the family home but could offer little support to the family other than to offer them prayers. Has Chat so again, GPT just... written this article that I'm reading? Because <laughs> a lot of these sentence structures are exactly <laughs> the same. So it seems to be no one knew what to do then. I certainly don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at this point, they've gone the medical route. They've done the religious route. And then it, by the looks of it, you know, she's missed school for quite a few days now. Mm. And they're thinking okay, let's just try and get things back to normal. And, you know, towards the end of the week, she's sent back to school in an afternoon. So you think, cool, she's safe in school, all the activity is going to stop, nothing to worry about, right? And what happened, Alan? Well, she just went, everything went back to normal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Twist. The activity seemed... hmm? 
I just I said plot twist. <laughs> yeah, bloody here's a fucking M Night Shyamalan level fucking plot twist here because yeah, because so Virginia, she's back at school, right? Mm-hmm. The family's thinking, good, good, because she can get an education. Um, just try and maybe act like everything's normal, and it'll go back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. All this stuff's only ever happened in the house. Mm-hmm. Let's try and let's try and get on with things. Bloody one day at school, Virginia's teacher looked up from her own desk and saw Virginia struggling with her desk lid. Mm-hmm. So Virginia had both elbows. She was trying to force down the the the, the lid of the desk, um, and apparently it seemed to have a mind of its own. Um, and she, she once said, uh, "Virginia, what are you doing?" This is the teacher. To which Virginia replied, "Nothing, Miss. Honest, right?" Mm. And she said, "Stop that at once, Virginia." As soon as Virginia Oof. took her elbows away from the desk, the desk lid was flapping up and down um, and then there was uh, our classmates just erupted and it's screaming um, and everyone just went fucking crazy the, the teacher yeah. couldn't believe it, she's looking on in disbelief um, and apparently there was lots more paranormal disturbances disturbances occurred in the school but what do you think of that, just that one case Amy? It seems Did, did Virginia fool you? <laughs> <laughs> I think she fooled the entire class. Because it sounded as if... Um, did, did we catch the name of the teacher? Margaret Stewart. So Margaret seems to be completely dumbfounded by what she's seeing. It's causing absolute chaos in her classroom. Because by her description of it, she just saw the desk lid flapping without her touching it. Yeah. From her perspective, sat at her desk watching this. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility that she could just have been kneeing the desk? Oh, Miss Stewart. I would hope not. Virginia. Ah, I see. And kind of doing a bit of um, theatrics with her arms and the lid and, you know. You could, like, I'd love to see what kind of desk it is, but even if you have your feet on the, the, the legs. I'm assuming it's those ones that you lift up. And it's like the whole lid comes up, like those old school desks. And they used to put stuff inside the desks. You know, like those one people desks. But I do think that what this is just you can cut this out. But I think there was another thing where she was at her desk and it was like a pointer or something flew off her the teacher's desk or something. Oh my god. I remember reading that. Yep. I've got that. Or was that a plant? I don't know, I can't some <laughs> she said her hands were in her pockets or something. Well it's let's see. Okay, some more school antics. You want to hear them? Yeah. Um, this is where... Because I uh, like the accounts where it's like outside the home. The family's not there. It's another adult that's witnessing it who's not... You know, she's got no skin in the game. No, you're right. So let's hear the school antics. Well, here's an account that came up a few years later from, I believe, someone who was... Oh no, this is actually from the teacher um, who was reached out to many years later by a man called Malcolm Robinson. Um, she describes Virginia as a very shy, withdrawn girl, um, but very okay. pleasant. Um, although she wasn't really forthcoming, she was in every way, she was quite normal, the teacher said. So not a troublemaker then? No, not a Dennis the Menace style <laughs> um, <laughs> renegade. Nasha Raiden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was more of a, a dandy fan. <laughs> but <whatever>. Oh! 
No, no, the dandy. So you liked cow pies? No, I like Desperate Dan. He liked cow pies. Well, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah. You know why what? was he desperate? No, right, no. Oh, yeah, why was he desperate? Desperate. What was he desperate for? I don't know, cow pies. <laughs> a ride on Nasher? <laughs> yeah, he's just jealous. He just wants a ride on Nasher. He wishes he had a Nasher he could ride. <laughs> um, I think we should move on. <laughs> so, this is Mrs. What was her name? Margaret, Margaret Stewart. Margaret Stewart. Oh, she was a miss at the time. Now she's a Mrs. Margaret Davidson. Mm. So well done. What? Well, yeah, well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> so our teacher also said that um, she was really good in her lessons. Um, she okay. said, I, I had never really heard the word poltergeist before. Um, she says, indeed, I thought... I that hard to believe, but... Oh, what, 1960? Yeah, it wasn't the Enfield poltergeist around about that time. I know, I but these are the 60s. kind of things that made that word famous, like... Oh, okay. I don't know. There's probably some people now that don't know really know what a poltergeist is. We just assume that I mean, everyone does because s- we're weird and we watch... Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair, actually. She was a good kid. She never heard the word poltergeist before. Um, the teacher. Yeah, and she says, this is how naive I was. Not me. She's not saying I was this naive. She was saying this is how a naive I was. Like her. This is how naive she was. Mm-hmm. She was saying this is mm-hmm. how naive I was. I thought it was the name of some kind of medicine. That's how naive that I doctor? was. Hmm? <laughs> is that doctor again? Yeah. <laughs> doctor. Yeah. So she says the first time she became aware of anything strange, um, so she was given a class an essay to do. Um, mm-hmm. The class was quiet, so that's suspicious to me right away. Yeah. All the children had their heads down, bent over their jotters, busily writing away. In 1960, we still had the old desks. Ah, there you go, the ones you were talking about, Amy. Mm. They had a lid top. I look. So Miss Margaret, Miss. Uh, so the teacher, so Virginia's teacher, she looked over at Virginia and um, she noticed that she was sitting with both hands pressed firmly down on her desk lid. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher says, I rose from my chair and walked over to Virginia. I was then surprised to see the desk lid rise and fall with Virginia trying her best to keep it shut with her hands. Okay, so she actually went over to her then. Yeah, and again, teachers know bullshit, mm-hmm. right? They know kids' antics. She says, at this point, a child in front of Virginia rose to take her jotter over to my desk. No sooner had she left her seat than her desk rose a few inches off the floor on its four legs. Hmm. That's a bit odd, then. Yeah, because that's a different desk. And she... But but she's just casually getting up to put her jotter on the teacher's desk while Virginia's fighting with her desk. Yeah. Because the the child in front of her was a sociopath. Okay. And she just wanted to get a good mark. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. It's interesting that the teacher actually went over to Virginia's desk. I assume she was just sat watching it from her own teacher desk that's bigger than the rest of the desks. We assume. And at the front. Yeah. That one. And filled with apples. Filled with apples. Because that was a thing. You give your teacher an apple. Like a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe so. Was there any other incidents in the classroom? Absolutely. Know? Do you want me to tell you some? Oh yeah, yeah, I was waiting, sorry. 
Um, no, I just wanted you to keep it to yourself. <laughs> so, the, the this again, it's kind of still there's the proximity to Virginia herself because this is the kid in front of her's desk. Um, mm-hmm. So the teacher says, this is after the, the, the girl's desk rose up into the air, four inches. She says, I explained to the class that I would be back in a few minutes. Um, during this time, I went to see the school head mistress. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read that again because his name is <laughs> Mr. Peter Hill. She says, she says, I then explained to the class that I would I would be back in a few minutes. And, and then this time I went to go and see the school headmaster, um, Mr. Peter Hill. This is the teacher's telling us. She says, I told him that there was something funny going on in my classroom. Um, I explained to him what I'd just seen. Mr. Hill said that he'd heard talk of strange goings on in the, the Campbell household. Again, news travels. Oh. You know, people people in the, in the area are known about this, this family. Small town. Yeah. He then asked to see Virginia and asked me to explain to our classmates that Virginia would be going home for a few days because she was feeling unwell. Wow. So that's quite oh. a big step. They obviously thought something was wrong. So he's like, send her home, basically. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm washing my hands of the situation. Yeah, he's like, I don't need this at school. Yeah, I don't or, need or this at school. Or people getting wind of this happening at school. Sure. And then all the other parents are going to kick off about it. Yeah. And be like, well, I'm not sending my kid if they're going to be in the same school as the freaky ghost girl. Sure, absolutely. If your hand's diseased, chop it off. Right? Y- yeah. Right. <laughs> so... Wow. It's <laughs> quite the analogy. <laughs> he then asked to see Virginia. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. She'd be going home for a few days because she was feeling unwell. Um, Piss off home, love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't let the desk flap hit you on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your flaps hit you on the way out. <laughs> I was also... <laughs> So yeah, she's she's pretty much not been in school all week. She goes back. It's the end of the week, and she gets sent home. Yeah, because they're just like we can't we can't be doing with this, and that leads us on into the weekend. Well, hang on. There's still more stuff at this school. Oh. So I, I was also able to say there might be talk from other of ghosts. This is what the teacher's saying, centered around her, but they were not to believe this, as they were just rumors. Um, oh. And this is more or less what he told me to say. This is the headmaster told the teacher to basically cover it up. Squash it. Yep. She says she went back to the classroom, got Virginia over, told her the headmaster wanted to talk to her about it. Um, Virginia mm-hmm. left the room, right? As okay. she was leaving the room, I found that I could not shut the door behind me and had to summon help from three of the children to help me push the door shut. I remember saying to the class, it must be very windy today. Virginia was not distressed at the time. I then mentioned to the class telling of what the headmaster had told me to say and I found that the class was quite responsive and very supportive. That's interesting, okay. isn't it? Yeah. It just seems like these kids don't care. Yeah. But the, ra- the, the, the adults are freaking out more. The adults are a bit rattled, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Margaret, this teacher, says that the most unnerving thing that she experienced in that classroom was when on one occasion, uh, she says, I was sitting behind my large oak table. Virginia was standing at the other side Fancy. of the... I know, right? She was, Virginia was at the other end of the table with her hands clasped firmly behind her back. Suddenly, a large blackboard pointer, cane, which was lying flat on my table, started to vibrate. You used to whip them with. Well, no doubt. Absolutely. That's what was its main function purpose 
At first it vibrated slowly and then increased as the seconds wore on. I sat transfixed looking at this. Then the table, which was quite heavy, started to rise up slowly in the air and also vibrated. I put my hands on the table and tried to push it back down, but with no success. I was quite horrified, but it did not stop there. The table continued to vibrate as it hovered a few inches over the floor. Then the table rotated through 90 degrees so that where I had moments before sat behind the long edge table, the table had rotated so its narrow edge was now directly in front of my stomach. I looked up at Virginia and saw that she was quite distressed and I remember saying, please miss, I'm not doing that, honest I'm not. I calmed her down, just then a bowl of flower bulbs shot straight across the table. That's sounding wild. This is the teacher saying this. Yeah. That's, I don't even know what to think of that. Yeah, that's very, like, descriptive and specific. Mm -hmm. and It sounds as if more dramatic stuff was happening in that classroom than it was at home. Mm. Right? Maybe. Because back in the house, it's just a lot of banging and popping and scratching. and. There was furniture getting moved. Yeah. Beds, sheets, pillows, you know, like, stuff that's... It could be more easily explained. Sure. But a desk levitating and vibrating and turning 90 degrees. And things shooting across the desk. And again, as you said, that's the account of the teacher, no one else. Hmm. So is that the, the last story from the classroom or the school? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't sound too happy. <laughs> well, there's only, I'll tell you what, though. Um... <laughs> There's one other thing that I think might be of interest. Um, This was obviously Margaret, the teacher, speaking many, many years later. Um, You know, she said that there was a whole bunch of other accounts, right? Like, too many to go into. Um, There was, you know, the the books that would would rise up into the air and flip off into directions where Virginia was at the time. Or um, Mm -hmm. The the objects never seemed to move towards Virginia. They they always moved the direction away Mm -hmm. from her. And the teacher also informed um, this guy who was uh, who tracked her down. Um, the teacher says that she noticed that the strange things seemed to occur on a 28-day cycle. Um, so I think there was another interesting um, incident that happened. No, no, I don't think so. It, not in the school. <laughs> where Virginia appeared to fall into a trance during which she called out for her dog and her best friend, both of whom had been left behind in Ireland. Ah. So... And around the same time, the pillow on her bed was reported as having a puckering motion. Oh. So th- And it rotated. So things are hotting up. Mm-hmm. Rippling sheets, rotating pillows, and then she was in a trance. Mm. Now, I know you love a good possession. Oh, yeah. Don't you? Yeah. We love talking about it. We love watching films about it. We love mm-hmm. acting talking them out. Talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Did you say that? Yeah, no, I said, I'm pretty sure I said talking about it. I'll, I'll say it again just to be sure. We love <laughs> possessions. We love them. Well, it's quite... We love them. Now, I'm not saying this is a possession case, right? Um, no. It doesn't seem to ha- be... Right? It's more like a haunting. More like a haunting, because here, although it talks about Virginia going into some kind of trance, right? Mm. Um, she's crying out for stuff that means things to her. I, Steph, I wouldn't say it was a possession case, would you? 
No. It's the trans thing, though, that makes me think possessions. Yeah, but she could just have been talking in her sleep or doing a little bit. Could be, but I don't think a poltergeist is ever, you know, it's not associated with putting people in trances, is it? No. But it could be... That's how it was interpreted by the people who witnessed it. I mean, everyone's already hyped up and stressed out and she could just have been talking in her sleep. Cool. Well, not cool. You know. It's And it's um, it's definitely her, because she's saying she's missing her dog or... Yeah. Although it could be... Things are very specific to her. Well, I she's not missing her dad. <laughs> no. No, no. But yeah, I think it's unlikely that she's, that she's been possessed by some sort of spirit or demon... You know, unless, mm-hmm. I mean, we could, there's plenty of uh, stories about how, like, you know, these demonic forces want to kind of trick people, mislead, you know, yeah. could be, could be speaking through her in, in a way that, like, it's doing all this stuff, or it's channeling her to do I mean, stuff. none of that seemed to ever really happen, did it? It was just sort of like a thing to moving around her that she wasn't touching. Mm-hmm. There was no speaking in another voice, or doing weird things like sleepwalking or anything like that nothing along those lines seems to be documented yeah that's true so it's happening to her it's happening around and to her but not like to her? (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's not getting scratched or bit or burns or afraid of the ministers or any religious paraphernalia doesn't seem to be anything like that just terrorising the teacher at school by the sounds of it. Mm. Yeah, that poor teacher, she's kind of put up with a lot of shit, didn't she? Yeah. So the brunt of it seemed to be in that classroom and in the bedroom that she shared with her cousin. Mm. So after everything and they've doctors, GPs, all these instances are going on and on, um, at some point Virginia was taken away to stay with a relative where apparently... The loud knockings were still heard, mm. even though in the house that she, she left. Went, yeah, and no, in the house she went to. Oh. So she got sent away to stay with a relative, where there was still loud knocking sounds could be heard in that house, but not in the, that Virginia was sent to. Not in the house of the school. So th- this is following Virginia. No. Then mm-hmm. these um this phenomena is following yeah. her. Mm. That must have been quite traumatic for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And. It just says, later Virginia was moved to another house in Dollar in a desperate bid to alleviate matters. The phenomenon followed her and she returned to the house in Saki. And shortly after that, the family just upped and left the area and that was it. No one heard of them again. No one heard of them again? No. They just left. Hmm. It sounds like no one benefited from this. No. Right? It doesn't even seem as if there was like big media attention or they didn't contact the media i think i think <coughs> i think there was i think i read somewhere that oh, there was, was there? yeah there was a bit of a furore about oh no wait no i do apologize there was a uh, recordings weren't there from the gp dr logan and he went on to bbc radio broadcast right in the 1960s and spoke about it and um, where he played the noises that he had captured when he was in the home yeah, but those are all locked away in the BBC archives. They were put on a, a show called On The Line. I think it was On The Line. Part of a women's hour special. So that was the end of it then. It was just, it petered out, disappeared, and it wasn't really brought up again. No, and it hasn't really been talked about. 
Until now. <laughs> you find some interesting information about um, modern or more up to date goings on in that same house, didn't you? Yeah, perhaps the two thousand and one. The legacy of the Saki Poltergeist is um... continued. Oh. <laughs> would you say it's the Saki Poltergeist and the legend continues? I would. Yeah. I would maybe okay. even say the Saki Poltergeist 2 in The Legend continues. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, we're talking about this street, Park Crescent. Park Crescent in Clackmannanshire in Saki, the town of Saki. I know, it's a great name, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. It certainly does, yeah. Um, yeah, so we know that back in the day there was a bunch of witnesses quote about the street from a modern day researcher was I can't think of any other street in Scotland with such a concentration of ghostly activity. So he's basically, I think what he's talking about here, what he's referring to is that back in 2001 mm-hmm. um, which is the modern day, obviously um, <laughs> Modern enough <laughs> Nicola Bernard moved into the street with her husband and two young boys aged five and two at the time um, they said within a couple of months strange things began to happen um, here's a quote. The kettle in the kitchen switched on and off constantly. That was creepy, said Nicola. There was an old coal cellar just off the kitchen and those horrible smells... Sorry, and these... There was an old coal cellar... <laughs> she knew where they were. No. <clears throat> there was an old coal cellar just off the kitchen and these horrible smells would come and go from there every few steps. But the worst was in the back bedroom where my sons were. There was a horrible atmosphere in there. My eldest John had oh, terrible yeah. nightmares and said he saw a lady sitting at the end of his bed. I slept in the room a couple of times and also saw a figure. He said he also said the bed sheets changed colour, which I thought was a strange thing to say. When I told Malcolm about this, he was shocked. Malcolm was the guy who was researching it, you know, researching the 1960 case. Malcolm said okay. an entry in the diary kept by Virginia Campbell's family in the 1960s stated that her bed sheets changed colour and here was the same thing happening again more than 40 years later. Mm. That's that's quite an unusual piece of guff. No, that's quite... <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an unusually... No. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's quite a specific detail that wouldn't easily be found. Yeah. But it's the only one, because if you look at the rest of the things that Nicola Bernard was saying, I don't think much lines up. What, a kettle going off and on? Yeah, there was no kettles. A woman on the bottom of the bed? Like, there was never any... Virginia never saw a woman. ...actually sightings, no. And not only that... Two boys? It was two girls before? (laughs) No, you go... Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like it's a bit harsh. She's like, "Oh, I slept in there," and "Oh, yeah, I saw something." And then you just put your kids back in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the same night. Maybe they just saw her. Yeah, and they just got confused because you're half asleep, you're a little kid, and then you're like, "Ooh." Yeah, um, like that. So yeah, I mean, you know, you could argue that the things she knew though that that was that house, didn't she? Um, I think. Yeah. Well, who this? The woman who moved in knew that stuff had happened in that house before. Yeah. Yeah. So she already knew she the said, history of the house. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that she said that. She says she's bloody new about it. 
There's also the case of Avril McDonald. Oh, um, she moved into well. I think you have. Uh, she moved oh. into a house in the next block to Virginia the Campbell. Oh, Virginia yeah. the Campbell. <laughs> Virginia McCampbell. Yeah. Margaret <clears throat> Stewart. <laughs> London. <laughs> so Avril McDonald lived uh, near the Campbell home, um, but this was in 1970, and she said there was definitely something strange about the place. Within a couple of weeks, plugs began popping out of sockets. There were loud scratching and clawing noises coming from the living room, and Avril's son experienced a number of peculiar dreams. The activity lasted for the duration of the family's 15-year stay. So they were there for 15 years? Mm. Couldn't have been that bad then. Nope. What do you think? Scratching in the living room? Rats? That lines up more. Yeah. Scratching sounds. Rats? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mice? <clears throat> yeah. Old houses? Yeah. Beasts? Yeah. Um, in 2000, in another house on the street, there was a further report of strange happenings. The then-resident Mandy Maxwell, uh, she said she'd been thrown across the bedroom and pushed down the stairs. Fuck, away you go, Mandy. That was your <laughs> fucking abusive husband. You had to tell the police something, didn't you? Yes. So you're not convinced by this? I'm not even interested what Mandy's about to say next, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> she said she'd been thrown across the bedroom and pushed down the stairs by an invisible force, had caught glimpses of a dark, shadowy figure, heard a baby crying and watched as a nail-shut cupboard door all sprung open. See, she's just like, um, what's his face that we spoke about in The Big Green Man? Oh, with the brown fur. No, he shot him. You know, he's, there's always something that's got to go one further. Oh, I was thrown across the room. Oh, the cupboard doors were pinging open and they were nailed shut. Oh, there was a big demonic thing ran at me when I was walking into my bedroom. You know, there's always something that's just got to take it too far. You're talking about Alexander Chinian? I am, yeah. She's the Alexander Tunian of this podcast. For those of you who don't know our previous podcast with the big grey man, um, the, which was a kind of a creature that was sighted in Scotland and uh, the Ben McDewey, there was uh, loads of different people heard it, heard footsteps, seen shadows, and then there was one guy that says he confronted it and shot it three times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't quite fit. You know? Uh, even Virginia yeah. Maxwell... Max, who the fuck's Virginia Maxwell? Even... <laughs> <laughs> even Virginia Campbell even Virginia Campbell was never thrown across the room no she was never touched no never harmed no oh it's because sorry Mandy Maxwell's the name of this person so oh. yeah and again this is 40 years later everyone knows the story that lives there probably and everyone just wants yeah. a piece of the fucking pie piece of the pie a piece of that sweet, sweet Virginia pie. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so, to wrap things up, Alan. It's all real, isn't it? Uh, oh. <laughs> I was about to, <laughs> I was about to say exactly that. I just think it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I was going to ask you is, mm-hmm. if... All of the kind of events that we've heard about, spoken about. Yeah. Any possible explanations you think you could come up with for any of the incidents? Um, so, wait, any explanation? What, like, rational explanation? Yeah, like a, a rational explanation for, for any it. of the incidents. Yeah, one that's, you think, one that's took your fancy. Um, fucking, uh, just picking one at random. 
um, the headboard banging. Okay. Um, Virginia was just banging the headboard herself. Banging the headboard herself. Uh, and the scratching just... She was just scratching. Scratching something. The sound of a ball getting bounced off the wall from her room um, could have been her bouncing a ball against the wall mm-hmm. in the room. And then quickly hiding it when you hear someone coming. Oh yeah, nice, nice. You've done this before. <laughs> so, Only when I was hitting puberty. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the thing. <laughs> um, so Amy, what about you? Would you like to shut on one of the accounts? Absolutely. <laughs> Go on then. Um, I think the account that I mean I spoke about earlier, but that I would like to shut on is the one with the desk flapping up and down. Uh oh. Maybe, do you know what, Amy? Maybe you're just close-minded. Maybe. <laughs> or my mind is so open that it's shut again. Ah, like a, an old 60s school desk. So what, what, go on, go on, go on then, bloody M- Professor Dawkins. What's your explanation <laughs> for the school desk? <laughs> I find it odd that no one round about, apart from the teacher, seemed to care about what was happening. Yeah. Well, they did. They said they were all upset. Yeah, but not when she, her desk was broncoing up and down. Another one was just away putting things up on the teacher's desk to get marked. Could she have put a bit of glue on her hands, you know? Just enough to lift the lid a bit. But then pull your hands away so it doesn't completely get stuck. I guess so. Or maybe she just had really sweaty hands. <laughs> um, could there have been some kind of vibrations or something? Moving things in the classroom? If certain, I mean, I'd like to know what was in the area. Was there big trucks or lorries going past? Because you know what it's like, stuff vibrates and shakes. That's true. <laughs> if sorry, if there's um, machine, particularly in an older building, they're not they're going to pick it up more. Yeah. And I feel like perhaps the teacher just got a little bit carried away and a bit caught up in it all. But why? Teachers just want everything to be fine in the classroom. Why is she making a big deal? That's like having a kid that's like all acting out. And then you being like, oh, that doesn't make, they're doing, you know. Oh, maybe it's just really boring. And this was a bit of excitement. Maybe. You know? Because, I mean, our ki- kids in the classroom, they're just like, heads down, working away, not letting anything distract them. Yeah. <laughs> She's saying stuff to them, they're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, we won't. We'll accept that. So, um, do you want to wrap this up? Yeah. It's been an interesting case. Oh, you have... Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Very interesting. Um, and Kind of looking at the overall picture, um, what are your kind of thoughts here? There's a lot of information mm-hmm. and a lot to go through. Mm-hmm. Definitely think you could dive into it more. Yeah. And get a better grasp on the entire situation. I think there's more to discover. It definitely needs more looking into um, it. it uh, more information for a start you know mm. hey this happened a long time ago right yeah there's no accounts from virginia herself um no, i know because we go on no it's just it's mostly eyewitnesses or those close to her but i don't ever remember coming across anything that was a direct quote from virginia herself on well what she experienced someone did try to contact her kind of recently um, and oh, apparently okay. he tracked down someone who he reckoned was um, Virginia Campbell um, right. and got in touch. Now, um, I'm not entirely sure if it was confirmed that this person was her, um, but mm. they didn't really want to talk about it and weren't willing to kind of give an interview oh. or anything. So, 
<laughs> Again, this happened a long time ago. All the accounts we were over, it was from the time, right? Um, mm-hmm. The only modern one was our teacher. Um, but then again, she's remembering, she's telling stories about something that happened to them back in mm-hmm. the 60s, you know? I can't remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? Your memory's never going to be that clear. No, your memory's not going to be that clear. Um, but, see, this would have been, we tried to, you know this, we tried to track down, there were recordings made, right? Now, recordings um, are a little bit more reliable than eyewitness accounts. Um, it was from the interview that, um, that Dr. Lund. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he got interviewed on the radio. And he is the only person known to date that had recorded anything that happened. Yeah, this was like audio f- recordings, and they were actually played on the radio. Mm. But they are only accessible through the BBC archives. And you're not actually allowed to obtain a physical copy yourself, but you can go and listen to the original radio broadcast. That's something that I know you quite fancy doing. Oh, I do, yeah. I Maybe- registered so that I can go in and actually listen to it. Because we're serious investigators. No <laughs> doubt about it. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, so this could be a case we come back to, maybe. Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, there's also kind of looked down as a couple of people we could get in touch with who have done sort of deeper investigations into it, and maybe we can look to having them on the show. Um, because this is an interesting case, but I, I, I don't know, and I, I feel like we've scratched something, but I don't think it's like the inside. I think it's more of the surface that we've scratched when mm-hmm. it comes to this case. And um, I agree. We could come back to this. We could come back to this. Definitely a later date, and once we have. Even more information and sure. a clearer picture. Yeah. Any other points you want to make? I've enjoyed it. Learning about a uh, Scottish poltergeist. Yeah. Being an avid fan, a sort of, not a fan, not enjoyer of <laughs> supernatural <laughs> stories and legends and famous cases that have been in the media. Um, this one's severely overlooked, I would say. Yeah, and I think that's one thing we want to do in this show is maybe go after the sort of um, the obscure stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll cover some of the the big names, um, but yeah, I like the kind of lesser known stuff, um, and that's what we're gonna look at. Not sure what we'll do it next week, but we'll be back on Tuesday. Um, I would just personally, from the bottom of my horrible little heart, I would love to thank everyone. <laughs> who's just listened to the show. We really, really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed this show, um, you should have a wee listen to our last podcast. It was on The Big Grey Man of Ben McDewey, um, mm-hmm. which is another bit of a, a bit of an oddball in the world of uh, mysterious, <laughs> potentially paranormal activity. Um, have a listen to that. Um, if you just get mind your ears from my laughs. Yeah, it's not that... You want to turn your audio down. <laughs> yeah, we could have... We could have um, we could have turned the audio a little bit down. So if you just, you listen to it. I'm just forewarning anyone. It's loud when I laugh. <laughs> yeah. Just be prepared for that. Please get in touch with us by email if you've got any uh, cases you want us to look into, um, any experiences of your own, or just any thoughts about what we've been talking about. We'd love to hear from you, seriously. Um, Amy, got anything else you want to say? Just once again, thanks for listening. Hope to see you back here next Tuesday for another interesting investigation into just the weird and the wonderful sure absolutely um excellent cool well this has been the ever so slightly podcast um i've been alan and i'm amy and we'll catch up with you next time boy boy